Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Just kidding. Just for the record, I have never been propositioned or hurt by either of my co-hosts, at least not physically. So. Uh, we saw you wrapped up like in a like a like a drunken burrito. So, <laughs> well, I was gonna say I can't wait for us to talk a little bit about um, the drive-in because we all shared a room, and I gotta tell you that pullout uh, was as weak as my dad's pullout game. It was terrible. I ached so bad the next day because like you could hear me crawling into the bed and you just hear the crunch and creak of the no support in that bed i was like well this is this is nice but i was so tired at that point i didn't care so i hope you slept well it was still horrible sleeping just uh yeah because somebody wanted to leave the tv on (laughs) went to sleep (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't think Eric and I slept at all. I'm pretty sure the TV was on, but at every hour I got up, I could just see Eric staring into the TV with a beer in his hand. And I was like, I don't want to know what he's thinking. I don't <laughs> I don't know what nighttime thoughts Eric and then, and then within three hours, it was light out, so I had to finally close the blind. Uh, so. But overall, Jeremy, 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 are we back now? Um. I just want to say, and I, I know this is very insulting, but um, actually, you, you you very much look like an intelligent person 99% of the time, except that morning when you came down from the room and you literally looked like a Walmart customer in the, uh, in the lobby. <laughs> you did look rough the morning of, but it maybe had to do with the lack of sleep that both of us had because of the cacophony <laughs> of... Of snores and scratches. It wasn't, Jeremy. It wasn't so. By the way, welcome to Quality Time. I'm your host, Jeremy Porter. <laughs> I'm joined by my blood brother, Jeremy P., and of course, great Ashley Pontius. Jeremy, so look, it. Th- sometimes I could get into the rhythm of like your snore, and I was like, all right, I can, I can go to sleep to this. All right, good. And then I'd hear like, oh, God. And then I'd hear... <laughs> And then I, it sounded like, like a, like a lady trying to crawl out of a well and just scraping her, her fingernails across it. And then I think I was like, all right, that's cool. But then I'd hear Ashley go like this, and it would make me laugh because back I was, awake. And I was then, so tired, and I could not believe the level, the level of fatigue I was experiencing. And then every time I was like, okay, it's quiet. I'm gonna let my mind fall asleep. And I'm sorry, yes, Jeremy, I would hear you like, <laughs> and then every now and again, I was like, what? what? I assume your dreams are just, just repetitive, like you 
and a whack-a-mole that is your basement and just the little rats are just popping up you're like oh i've got another one and <laughs> but it was horrible sleeping whatever sleep there was <laughs> so we all were miserable god i love this podcast this was the best weekend ever uh i yes. did so we did we uh we all went up to the joe bob briggs mutant fest we said we were going to record something we didn't record anything instead we proceeded to consume alcohol and maybe some hallucinogenics had a great night overall uh but yeah ashley you got to go to the early experience of the show because you had yes. vip access tell us a little bit about what the vip access to this weekend was was like um so vip access meant i was able to find the secret porta potty line so i got to go faster so that was cool um <laughs> there was definitely food that i did not eat because the sweltering heat was so consuming by the time i got there that i was more concerned with making sure i didn't pass out before you guys showed up so um that was a big chunk of my day it was just consuming lots of water um but i got to meet a lot of really cool people i may have sexually harassed the director of joe bob's show um ladies just a pointer he is um he is what he is spoken for so uh, that also made it more awkward it but was weird because you know yeah, when you were hitting on him i i actually saw this the second time when when i came back around to meet him she actually came over and actually pissed on him and said mine and that was a weird <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird way but effective effective you know Hey, Eric, it's really funny to me that you think a guy being covered in piss is like enough of a deterrent for me not to go after him. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying that's just how nature works sometimes. (laughs) When I see something I like, you could have it written in Sharpie that it's yours. And I'm like, no, I've got a coupon. I want to get this in. I got nail polish remover. Come here, big guy. And then... (laughs) So that's, oh, can you imagine jerking off with nail polish remover? I've tried. Believe me, lady, it's not. It is difficult. It is the all Madden setting of jerk off. Uh, <laughs> um, but no. So you got to meet a bunch of cool people. I you you took me around, and I'm very. We were handing out. Uh, um, I guess it's also worth mentioning. By the time we got there, there was a monsoon that occurred uh, that actually turned the yes. entire parking lot drive-in into a swamp before the evening time and uh kind of miserable conditions we're all covered in mud uh walking in a lot of times ankle deep uh just sludge everywhere you go uh and i i got my feet so dirty that i when i took a shower i couldn't get them clean and i was scrubbing it was just it had become part of my dna at that it was point. like swimming in my colon yes exactly <laughs> um but, but just slightly less lumpy. But no, I found that I, 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 I'm not good at taking adulation. You were very nice because we walked around and gave out some of our koozies, which you just showed a second ago, um, of the Live, Laugh, Love, the bootleg Live, Laugh, Love ones, and we were handing them out to people. And you were introducing me. You're like, this is my very talented co-host. He actually designed this. And I was like, please stop doing it. Don't, stop doing that. <laughs> I told you, the, the next half of 2021 is a new Ashley. I put the cuntiness aside. The bitch is <laughs> the whole new woman. 
we're at the uh, we're at the show, and uh, we got to watch, we got to screen a couple of movies in the pouring down sludge fest that we had uh, do, do there. Shout out to Brandon Lascure. We got to see him. Who I was I thought his movie was going to be up on the big screen. It was not. It was in a small tent, so I did not get to see the Brandon Lascure oh, right. movie. Uh, but he was there, and he looks. Uh, like he's slowly giving up on life and i like that i like that he is slowly devolving every day because he listen if you saw brandon lascure in a 2010 when i was a young green still very fat comedian uh he was he was clean shaven he looked good now he looks like lennon days before he's about to get shot and that is i think that is a good (laughs) for brandon lascure i think it's a good move for him he was a little bit too uptight he's more fun to be around that's probably fair i mean jeremy i will tell you i saw a picture of your brother on vacation this past week and i was like i can't believe you lied to me about where you are on vacation i know you're in jamaica training an entire group of (laughs) jamaicans to bobsled (laughs) Uh, yeah and she sent a picture of john candy and it hurt my feelings it did a little bit but also i was like respect like that does i have i give off strong john candy vibes you you had the hawaiian like shirt button up you haven't shaved you look drunken and completely (laughs) disheveled come on it fits the scene i got hammered with my father-in-law at ocean city this week and i'm telling you right now it was fucking awesome because he lets (laughs) out he lets out stories that the family isn't supposed to know and i know them I know them all now. And I, not only that, I encourage him. And then I scare him with my stories about how I just did hallucinogenics two days before I came down here. And we just have a hoot talking about drugs and stuff like that. And uh, no, it's really, it's really a fun time. But he's retired. He can do whatever he wants. I told him, I was like, hey, you want me to get you, you want me to get you a little bit of, uh, want me to get you some psychedelics there, pal? You know, and then he was like, no, I'm too old for that. I can't do that. I was just like, listen, if you change your mind, make this symbol at me. Okay, do this and I'll know what that means. And I'll just listen. I'll leave it in the fridge and you can do what you want. But he has a he's a great dude. I really enjoy my father in law. It's great. That's awesome. I do love the cult of battered men. It's very sweet. (laughs) I remember going to the show and, and making sure that Eric make sure that i don't have any hallucinogenics yeah well you're also you're also uh low-key schizophrenic so yeah i'd say it's a bad idea because you can't differentiate the voices in your head with the regular ones that are just coming from the drugs the doctor said i was schizoform which means (laughs) i was batshit crazy but i'm perfectly normal now but at the same time i'm pretty sure if i did take an hallucinogenic i would instantly see the devil and we would have, I would just be shit scared ever, so. Yeah, you should be afraid. I heard he was performing up at Church of Satire this past weekend. <laughs> Who's the, wait a minute, who was performing at the, at the Church of Satire? Don't remember. Uh, oh, oh, okay, I got it, got it, got it. I know who I'm it guessing, is now. I'm guessing his name is actually Louis Cipher. Louis Cipher. <laughs> That's uh, pretty. <laughs> uh, so, no, there was a... Uh, but overall, I had a great time at uh, at the Mahoning Drive-In. Not my favorite experience there, just mostly due to the weather more than anything. 
Um, also, probably because I was uptight because I wouldn't take the. Drugs. Also, Ashley had a bit of. She was a bit of a pill for a little bit. <laughs> Just she maybe freaked out because we were being a bit loud. We were. I will admit that. But also, we were on drugs. Uh, but she she was a she was a bit of bit much. But I think you know you know overall we had a fun time. We had a good time overall. I continued doing the exact same thing that Ashley told me not to do. <laughs> Which was talk about it. Although, we, should we talk about the movies? Like, listen, the movies they showed were truly bad, right? We should admit that that they, well, yes, they were not good films that were shown. But yes, I, I won't disagree. They were really terrible. I guess what I was so like sensitive to was the fact that like a lot of the directors and people that worked on them were in the audience, and like I didn't want to shit on them like while they could have been near. It's like that's they, hurtful. They needed to be mocked openly. <laughs> Hey, I don't know. As a, is it weird that as a comedian, I've been openly mocked in a crowd of people and heckled, and and I, so I don't, I don't, I've been, I know that that feels personally bad. Like as I know, as me, I don't like when that happens to me. Instantly, I'll do it to somebody else. I can't. I, you know how it's like the the bat the battered becomes the the battered becomes the one who does the battering. Yeah, hurt that's, people yeah, hurt people, Eric. That's exactly what was happening. I can't. And but it's it's a. I think it's an important. Uh, it's an important thing uh, for well, me to be allowed to be was, an asshole. Yeah, uh, but here is part two. It's not even just that. The other thing though is knowing that the other people around us, because a lot of them had shown up when I did knowing that a lot of them paid a lot of money to be there and if mm-hmm. they couldn't even hear over people being like holy shit i'm tripping balls man <laughs> <laughs> but also hey the other fair point is like when i walked around there was definitely other people that were doing what we were doing you know you know what i mean like they, that were being pretty loud having a good tailgate time and i i think that was a pretty consistent thing across not every little part but you know i i would say we were not the only ones who treated it like that now back to the movie let's talk about tennessee gothic real quick um (laughs) (laughs) which which had by far the most titties and uh pseudo rape scenes in a movie that i've seen uh in an independent film uh but i did it was (laughs) i was like cool and it starts out very i was like oh this lady's getting assaulted oh she murders them cool that's a nice opening and then it proceeds to have 90 more minutes of just uh the gratuitous nudity and sex scene there's an oiled pig wrestling except the pig is her (laughs) at one part uh i do remember bits and pieces of that but i was told that this is a movie actually about a succubus and so she was a succubus that uh uh suck the Which life out of people makes and then... more sense but like you if you don't know that at any point it is not obvious really at any point during the film that that is the case um and it was just such a a mess it felt like motel hell meets black snake moan but not as good as either um it was <laughs> it was really rough i'm pretty sure if they cut 20 minutes out of it it would have been a better film 20 minutes that's all it needed it's like i I find that that is my my new thing is when i watch most of the movies i was like there was 30 minutes that could have gone from this or 20 minutes and it'll be about our movie tonight there was also some other i didn't mind the first thing that they showed though the first movie that they showed the vampire one where it was like the vampire party i thought that was pretty cool i actually i actually enjoyed that um i um uh at least the movie like showed religion in a good light because that 
priest wanted to have sex with her on a regular basis <laughs> and everything. Um, also, also, we, we have to talk about our, our two local DJs that joined us. Uh, uh, Justin yeah, just and Joe. Should we talk ooh, about ooh. them? Um, Je- I will say Jeremy had did the funniest thing that I saw. I, I, I didn't laugh harder than this the entire night is when because Jeremy, I don't understand it. Like I I'm trying to bring you into a group of people. And then, you know, our, our radio friends, they just want to they just want to be part of the team. You walk up to the strangers next to it, but hey, this is my friend Justin Schlegel over here. He's from the radio. We're in out of his market. Nobody knows who he is. I just hear Jeremy go. I just hear Justin go, God damn it, Jeremy. Like this. And he's like, I mean, that's not Justin Schlegel. That's just Justin Spiegel. And, and I, laughed, I, laughed, I laughed so hard at that. That is the the funniest thing you did, hands down, is making Justin incredibly uncomfortable. No, there was a moment during the movie where the two uh, hillbillies were being uh, get got they got breakfast from the young g- girl, mm-hmm. and, and at that point I said, uh, "You sure do know how to make pop tarts." And I literally saw Justin doubled over with laughter, <laughs> and Joe, Joe said, "Hey, hey, you're zero, you're one for twenty. Good job. That Good is job true. there." Um, now, speaking of one for twenty, Jeremy, uh, I'm going to mention this briefly because I think it's important. I know that's a lot of things to go over. It was an eventful week, but Jeremy, you got to guest host the Robin Joe Show in place of Joe Robinson. I listened to it. How was your experience overall? Uh, I was a little nervous, but after one beer of that really uh, heavy-duty whatever beer it was, it's orange with a crab on it. It's an orange crush. It's not a beer at all. It's a mixed drink in a can that has like 10% alcohol. I was feeling good, and uh, I had an old girlfriend, or or if you just want to call her a lady friend, uh, named Sarah, who was uh, on the chat. Um, you know Jared's old girlfriend. I know who but, Sarah uh, is. She's a she's. A, I'm glad you've attracted that craziness back into our lives. I appreciate that. Thank you. She's perfectly <laughs> normal. She's much less crazy than me. I but anyway, that's not a, That's not an excuse. It's a. It's cool. She's crazy too. <laughs> Just because she threw keys in a lake once doesn't mean she's crazy. I mean Jared deserved that shit. Um, no. Um, no. Uh, uh, I was. It's too bad that Mac Berkson wasn't wasn't there to actually hear it live. Mm. Uh, but uh, it, it was a good show, and um, I definitely, I really, really pissed off Chris Restivo because I really shit on him and trashed him. <laughs> oh, did he listen to the episode? Is that? I don't think he did. I talked to Chris the other night. He didn't even mention it. Uh, he he listened to it finally, and he was like, "Dude, not cool." Dude, not that's cool, not. Dude. I told you I don't like to do that. Blah blah blah. Um, can, can I mention one thing? I will say the heart. The the hardest I laughed was. By the way, you you frighten the other people on the show, which is good. But you said that I said that uh, Robbie hates the Eagles. I've never said that to you. That's just what I'm you took away. Pretty sure you said <laughs> no Robbie hates I the Eagles. That. It is a running bet. It is a running thing that he loves the Eagles. That's why he hates the Big Lebowski. And so I don't know how you got that. And I love that you made an entire song dedicated to the wrong premise of a joke. <laughs> just <laughs> it was so good. And uh, shout outs to Rob Mayer, because the hardest I did laugh during the entire episode was just like, I mean, Jeremy, you're a musician, you're an actor, you're a director. I mean, what is it that you can't do other than hold down a job? And I almost, <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I 
I started. I was running in Ocean City uh, on a jog because I would. When I don't work, I wake up and run in the morning. It's a nice way to start the day. And I, I, I had to stop running at like 125th Street in Ocean City, and I was just over, like, <laughs> on my knees, laughing hysterically, out of breath, <laughs> laughing. Uh, if there was an award out there for the most talented loser. You know, I mean, I could be like that radio guy that, that was, like, begging for money on the, the corner. Like, I'm actually a talented vo- radio voice. And, and then they, they gave him money, and he's still back bumming on the street. So You know, Jeremy, you know what we can do for you? Because, you know what? You're one of our favorite people, obviously. We could totally get a rat trap and dip it in, like, gold and give it to you as an award. The golden rat trap. Yeah, the golden rat trap. I like the idea of a golden rat trap. Okay, I think there there needs to be, first of all, does he even get the first one? I don't know if he should just be an honorary member. I think he needs to earn it, and we need to set the criteria so that that (laughs) we're not burping burping to the fucking mic. You're affecting my chi. I'm trying to be a better person. Um, You came to the wrong podcast. Eric's, Eric's a very big fan of cheese. Love yes, he is. He's I a do. little slut for some Gouda. Um, no, we we could we could like name it after Jeremy. We could Ooh. like name it the Jeremy Woodworth Golden Rat Trap Award. Okay, for those for those like a coyote. Bear with me. For those like a coyote who are caught in a trap, but successfully gnaw their leg out. Okay. I. So what would be? So let's say Jeremy is the first honorary member. Okay. He's the first <laughs> award winner. Okay. What do we make the solid criteria of future winners of the Rat Trap Award? Like, so there are people, and let me just riff this out a little bit. There are people who are uh, are supremely talented. Also, yes. solid level of mental illness. Okay, we need a base of that, and, and or live in squalor, <laughs> and live in. So it's live in squalor, supremely talented, and but uh, but who have overcome adversity. See, that's not, I don't think that's at the heart of the Jeremy Woodworth Award. Like, I, they, would say, <laughs> I would say until he got married, Rob Creamer would be number two. Ooh, Rob Creamer is a good one. So these are these oh, are not damn crap. Okay, Dan Crab, another one. A James Finn. Um, no, James Finn is James Finn is doing okay for himself. Maybe Dan Crab. I like that. Um, he is he is secretly the master of the universe that pretends to be a normal human. I think I think. Uh, by the way, Dan Crab, big listener of the show. I love him to death. Also, he kind of looks like if the if the thing from the Fantastic Four just like put makeup on to look like a regular human being and walk around that's that's dan crab in my eyes strong i have seen the true form of james finn which looks exactly like the creature from the movie the keep (laughs) (laughs) look dan dan crab who again we're all big fan of love the guy dan has described himself as a handsome thumb and i think that that is (laughs) very accurate in his own words i love i love um i love uh dan crab's baby picture you guys have probably seen it remember when he was uh, uh that child actor on the on the cover of the ghoulies movie i thought he <laughs> i thought he looked <laughs> I thought he looked really great there. I've just, also, by the way, I kid Dan. I love you to death. I hope yeah, you, also Dan listening. got a promotion, so now it's more like boss baby. 
Oh, that fucking rules. That rules. No, I just, I think we need to talk about this more. Eric and I, we need to make more of it a surprise for Jeremy. I want there to be details he doesn't know about to make it say, but team, let's make it happen. Listeners, support us. Give us your feedback on our pages, comments, and in reviews. Help us figure out the golden rat trap. Okay. I hope there's, I hope there's enough uh, plated gold so I can still trade it in in a pawn shop for at least a couple bucks. <laughs> okay. Jeremy, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> That's a real golden rat trap winner would do that, though. Like, truly. Like, the person we would give it to has already pawned it off to buy crack cocaine. And that's what I think that's the heart of the, the golden rat trap. I forget which uh, which musician uh, was really pissed when he took, like, his golden records to a pawn shop and they told him, these aren't really made of gold, they're just spray painted, and he was all pissed off. That kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. What's the point of getting a gold record if it ain't gold? I, I, Honestly, if we did an award for Eric, okay, uh, I'm ready. What's the I'm Eric think- Woodworth award? I'm ready. Eric's would either be the golden toilet, um, okay. because he spends so much time on it, and that's where he gets his best ideas. Um, this is this is not a lie, not a lie. The golden finger, but we we paint one of the nails like onyx. <laughs> Oh, so or, it, it's one that, black. And that award, yeah, and that award goes to to men that try hard and yet somehow still fail. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, the, See, Eric, Eric is so very lovable, and and he, he can't be the the monster, uh, disgusting person that I am and insane. But he needs a, a big bust on the top of his trophy of like the man with the biggest breasts. He does have sweet ass titties. <laughs> I think uh, I, if I were to make my own award, it would be uh, uh, it would be like a guy on top of the a mountain, um, and he's like he's like has his arms up, but next to that mountain is like a, a ginormous mountain over here, and it's called the most mediocre award. And that's Aww. that. That's what I'm the champion of mediocrity. I've really clawed my way up <laughs> to the. I like. I'm the. I'm like. I do the story is like if you work hard every day and you and you do this and you do that, you too could be a success. And that my success is the little tiny mountain next oh, <laughs> next Eric. to what success what you, is. <laughs> no, what you boys fail to realize is I love you both and that you two are complimentary. Jeremy's outsides match your insides, Eric, and it is just this beautiful yin and yang all together. I'm afraid to ask, though, what would my award be? What would the Ashley Pontius Award be? Hmm. <laughs> Ashley Pontius. What would I make as an Ashley Pontius Award? Hmm. It's going to be bad either way. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It would be Magooby's new talent competition winner of 2018. That's what. <laughs> that is pretty great, Eric. The, the, I wonder why that one is I, I, I would say the best transition comedian of all. <laughs> Jeremy, you're the, just I mean, I totally rude. believe it. Just rude. <laughs> At least it's on brand. I mean, I mean, I'm gay now. I'll do you. Hell yeah, oh, Jeremy. I. I mean, if there was just like a remnant of a dick, I'll do it. Shit. Jeremy, after that, there are no holes that I would give you. Hey man, come 
give me a flap. No, all, all yeah. If you're if you if you made a movie, it'd be called All All Holds Barred. Uh, all holes barred. This is so this <laughs> is so no. depressing. That Jeremy, I just want you to know, and Jared can Jared Jared <laughs> Jared. <laughs> Stop, Dad. Relax. <laughs> Eric can vouch for this. I probably got up at about 3 a.m. at some point during that trip in that hotel room. And I want you to know that Eric thought that I was planning to murder you. But instead, because I love you, I drugged myself. (laughs) Well, what kind of favor is that? This is Feels such like a good. I don't want to die. This is such a good episode, by the way. I'm. I. <laughs> this is. This is one of our better episodes. Now, all right, yes, now it frees me up some from so many responsibilities. Hey, Jeremy, can I go over one last thing before we start the show? And I know we are already running late on um, how much pre banter we're doing here, but again, it's good pre banter though. A lot to go over, Jeremy. We gotta uh, take out the drug part. Yesterday, I had to. Uh, I had to go to um, to the store to go to Walgreens to get a battery. <laughs> and uh, I had forgot that you had driven my vehicle back to my home. And I uh, warned you. <laughs> well, you did. You did. But what I... what I, <laughs> it, looked, it looked like somebody... I got in and I was like, I know he told me he wanted to vacuum it up, and I said, don't worry about it. Because Jeremy, uh, for our listeners big now, has big plaque psoriasis, and he he leaves. You know where Jeremy's been. Uh, I have a black <laughs> interior to my vehicle, and uh, every dot was showing up. And I opened it. It looked like somebody had uh, had murdered a beanbag chair. That's the best <laughs> way to describe what I'd seen. So I went in, <laughs> and I'm not. I took I took the little battery. <laughs> I took the little battery-operated vac. I take the little battery-operated vac. I, we got a nice little Dyson. It, it charges on the wall. It's very nice. I take the attachment. First of all, I tell my wife, I'm like, I can't go to the store yet. I need to uh, I need to do some detailing in the vehicle real quick. I forgot that Jeremy drove my, drove my car By home. the way, by the way, when I used to rent out vehicles, the best thing is a leaf blower. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> it gets those crannies so much better. It's so much easier. So, so Eric opened I, his car and he's like, "Look, it's Christmas in July." Oh my god! It looked like just some. It looked like an accident at the Parmesan cheese factory. Uh, it was rough. An so, entire jar. Yeah, of Parmesan cheese. So I go, I go in there. That ain't cheese, buddy. Hey, my but my my wife is such a clean freak. I tell her, I was like, I gotta go vacuum the inside. She's like, please use the plastic attachment, not the brush one, so I can wash it. So that's that was number one. So, <laughs> so I I go in there and I start I start vacuuming. I used up an entire battery and I got enough of it where I was like, I feel comfortable to be in my vehicle now. Uh, but I did run out of battery, Jeremy. So the tank was empty when I started. Okay. Half capacity, half capacity of you. Was, it was in my was in there, and uh, I have now, I've now saved that, and uh, I'm slowly. What I've decided is that the golden rat trap. I will fashion your own your own being into it. I will use this and make it into a paper mache like paste, and that's what we will paint gold each year to give away to the golden rat trap uh, winner. 
every single year. So get ready. It's a very customizable award straight from my car. Uh, I have enough that I can make four or five awards right now, but if I need to... (laughs) I'm curious when we get Jeremy cremated, what the flake to ash ratio will be. Uh, Jeremy, can I I make a can I make a suggestion? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make me me a promise that if 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 I die, that you won't do rails of me at the funeral. Don't make me don't make me do promises I can't keep. Okay, I want somebody to ingest. I want somebody to if I can put a rail out and just say, "Hey, Justin, this this was my brother's last gift to you." And the second it goes into his body, I go, "Just kidding! That was all Jeremy. There was no there was no drugs in that." Then I, you've lived your life's purpose at that. And point. it's the gayest thing Jeremy will ever get to do: finally be inside of another man. But, by the way, by the way. Uh, by the time Eric finishes his sentence, Justin has literally vomited. So. <laughs> Just violently. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, great episode off to the start. Uh, we're out of the gates hot. I'm excited. I've had a week off. I'm refreshed, and I'm ready to go over this 1984. I, I, I don't care if it's a two-part. I care if it's a two-part. Well, maybe I don't care <laughs> well. if it's a two-part. I don't know, but... Tonight we're going over the 1985 classic, classic, classic film, Fright Night. Uh, Very excited to go over this. Actually, uh, before this week, never watched Fright Night. This was my first delve into the Fright Night world. And uh, I got to tell you, it definitely holds up in a lot of ways. Um, This is uh, uh, the, uh, the first movie directed by Tom Holland, who would go on later to make Child's Play, which is uh, another great, uh, great franchise that got kicked off. But he's also made a couple of other really great movies that I enjoy. Um, uh, My favorite one being actually thinner of his work. I really do enjoy Stephen King's Thinner. Uh, that he did about a gypsy who curses somebody to look handsome. Um, overall, though, uh, Fright Night is pretty fun. Also scored by the uh, by uh, the great Brad Fidel. Jeremy, what's your favorite Brad Fidel score? Uh, that would be his score where uh, during the score he takes a pan and bangs it and then slows it down. Which is the Terminator theme? Dun 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 dun! Bing! Dun 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 dun! Bing! Dun dun dun! And uh, yeah, Brad actually got this job uh, just based off of his work that he had done for the Terminator uh, a couple years prior to this. So, uh, really fun score for the uh, for the entire movie. I actually enjoy a lot of the synth work in this. Um, Semper Fi Fidel. <laughs> Uh, also has a pretty good cast uh, when you're looking at it, anchored by the uh, um, anchored by the great Chris Sarandon, the original husband of Susan Sarandon, and how she got her name. Jeremy, what's your uh, Ashley? What's your favorite Chris Sarandon movie? Well, uh, I actually mentioned to Eric yes or today that yesterday. Uh, was Chris's birthday? So happy birthday, Chris Sarandon! Um, but obviously, He's I a big grew up listener. most. Of- He's a big listener of the show. <laughs> 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 um, no, 
Um, no, one of my favorite movies and one of the best he's known for besides this movie, um, to me, would have been Princess Bride. I love him as Prince. I believe it's Prince Humperdinck, I think was the name, right? Yeah. Uh, hands down, his biggest role, for sure. Yeah, his biggest sure. role. But it's such like, oh, my God. I mean, these great 80s movies, they were so memorable. I mean, not only Fright Night, but Princess Bride is just like one of the most perfect movies ever made. And then the other movie that, again, my generation would know him for was A Nightmare Before Christmas. That is true. He is the voice of uh, Jack Skellington, right? And, uh, yeah. but well, not... But- I would say I would say this is a bigger role than uh, Princess Bride because it was the number one horror of that year. And tr- uh, true. I mean, like, right. I mean, like, horror movie-wise... And, like, this is obviously a classic movie, and they went on to remake this. So, I mean, it's an amazing role, and he wasn't as big, necessarily, of a role in Princess Bride. But that movie, though, has, I felt like, if you're comparing the two, two very different genres. But, like, as far as the test of time and overall fan base, it's Princess Bride, in my opinion. Yeah, it's about Princess Bride is a bigger movie, for sure. He gets more recognized. That's like saying uh, Carrie Yules gets recognized for Saw more than he does for Princess Bride. It doesn't make sense. Princess Bride is a a classic film. Um, God, another man that I would just fucking wreck that dick. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's only only, uh, one... One of the few that have refused pictures with Pogo the Clown, and that's Carrie Yule. That is so. true. That is true. Must be why I'm attracted to him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, William Ragsdale actually plays the uh, one of the lead characters uh, in Charlie, um, who uh, would uh, be in one of my favorite short-lived uh, TV dramas, Herman's Head, uh, where you actually see a live-action Lisa Simpson, I think in the only role I can think of her in off the top of my head. Um, wow. You also get uh, uh, Amanda Bierce, who's probably most famously known for the uh, Married with Children series. She plays Marcy Rhodes and later Marcy Darcy, uh, I who I can't watch as a teen heartthrob in this movie because I know her too well from Married with Children. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't even put that together. That's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, she is 100% Marcy Darcy, and yep. I <laughs> I can't watch this and not think of Al Bun- every Al Bundy joke he's ever made about her while I'm watching this movie. Uh, that heads up. Now, Jeremy, you've actually made a special song about uh, Amanda Beers. Should we? Is, is this the time to share that or no? Uh, I'd share it towards the end so I don't give anything away. Well, I mean, I okay, we'll do that. I wouldn't uh, want to destroy any plot points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have the great actor Roddy McDowell, who is... Uh, plays uh peter vincent which is uh it's a great play on words of the two horror greats in this uh represented in this movie which is obviously the uh the great vincent price and uh the peter jeremy what who's who's the other horror icon that uh, um frank uh like no peter 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 um, he's in star wars come on man Oh, oh, Peter Cushing. Yeah. There you go. The great <laughs> Peter Cushing, who was in the one of the greatest uh, movie trailers of all time, which is, of course, Shockwaves, uh, which we've, we've played on here multiple times. The faster times. you run, the, the quicker, quicker you, you die. Sho- shockwaves. <laughs> I want to do Shockwaves, and it deserves a real quality time episode in the future. Hell yeah. You um, are all very stupid. Now it is too late. Um, 
It also uh, is one of the debut movies of Stephen Jeffries, who plays Evil Ed in this movie, uh, as well as Jonathan Stark, who plays Billy Cole. Uh, and the last person I want to mention just in the cast as we're getting started off here is Art Evans. Now, Art Evans plays uh, Detective Lennox in this movie. And Art Evans, uh, I think, only plays a police officer in 90% of his roles. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. If I go, I, I don't yeah. even need to look up a lot of it. But in Die Hard 2, he's definitely a cop. In in uh, this movie called Ruthless people his name is lieutenant bender in fright night his he's detective lennox and in trespass i'm not sure but he plays bradley i i can only assume it is also another black police officer uh he just he was typecast and he works and uh he deserves uh recognition for this film as a hard-nosed lieutenant that will go investigate crimes uh so i do enjoy that more than anything now the movie Fright Night is cool. Uh, like this is again the first my first viewing of it was this week, but I can tell you that you know as a man who's watched over two hundred and fifty horror movies and done research on it, I feel that this movie draws on a couple of big films that really make it what it is. One, oh. is, what's oh, up? let's let's not forget the bum from Trespass. Oh, he is the bum in Trespass. He I said he was. A, I thought he was a cop in it, so I said it was Bradley. Oh, he, he was too old to be gangster, so oh well. Not like those hard gangsters like like um, Ice T. Ice T. <laughs> Ice T is a hard hardened gangster. So um, we are uh, uh, going over. I don't. I forget what we were going. Oh, so what I think this movie derives a lot from it's it's one of those horror movies that is self aware. So it draws a lot. I feel like, and I haven't seen many people say this on an American Werewolf in London because it is also a movie that is self aware that a vampires exist and we already know the rules about how vampires work and we're not going to pretend that vampires aren't a thing that the whole world knows about already. So I, I take some of it from that. It's also kind of campy and funny, which I also kind of equate back to an American werewolf in London. It's basically that movie. Um, now, the they other... Get, the, 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 the trivia gave a lot of homage to uh, Salem's Lot. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the house itself where they film everything and some of the window shots and stuff like that very much ripped off of Salem's Lot. In fact, he wrote the character... Um, uh, Sarandon's character based off of Barlow who is the main vampire from the original book Salem's Lot even though they had neutered it for the TV uh, movie version which I've never actually watched either Jeremy is the Salem's Lot uh, uh, TV movie is that is that worth a watch? Oh my gosh <laughs> we might have to make this like next week um, <laughs> uh, by the way probably David Soul's only other thing other than Starsky and Hutch and also probably one of the scariest vampires. Uh, this guy was such a freak. He looked like the devil himself, the oh, actor okay. who played him. And also not only a great role for James Mason, uh, James Mason. That's right. You will meet Mr. Barlow, which by the way, my cousin loved getting uh, certain clips from the film just because his name was Barlow. Who's like, uh, uh, what's the, who's the the goofy guy from a uh, Mighty Wind, and uh, Fred Fred what's his name? Fred, who, Fred Armistead. Yeah, Fr Fred yeah. Fred Willard, and he was like, uh, and that that will also be uh, Mr. Barlow. He's also in it. He plays a guy that that cucks somebody's wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So 
I saw the original in what was it, Jeremy? Like the 60s, 70s of Salem's Lot. 78, um, maybe. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And then I saw, I mean, I own the miniseries they did with Rob Lowe, which I love mm. Rob Lowe. And it was an incredible cast. It did nothing for me. It was like right. three, three to four hours, and I'm just sitting there, and I was like, God, I really hope I die soon. This was terrible. It was one of the most, out of all of the miniseries, and we're talking Langoliers, we're talking Tommy oh, Knockers, Rose Red. Right. It was very underwhelming for the level of cast they had on that on that miniseries. It was pretty depressing. Mm, gosh. Almost as bad as the remake of The Shining. Or the remake of fucking Psycho, which is just a reshot version of the exact actual movie <laughs> that is made, but adds is that, nothing. Do you, mean, do you mean the one with Vince Vaughn? Yeah, the Vince Vaughn Psycho. Ugh, God. And Anne Hayes. Uh, right. <laughs> no, but the director. The director Tom Holland, he was a big fan of uh, the uh, of Stephen King's books and stuff, so he did base the character off of that. He would also go on to, uh, you know, uh, direct uh, other mm-hmm. films and 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 star in other um, things. He when oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go, keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, didn't he direct and or write the original Child's Play? Yes, he did. Uh, but he also did Thinner, which is obviously a Stephen King joint. Yeah. And uh, whew, he was also in the TV minis- miniseries, The Langoliers, which... <laughs> I, I did know that. Look, I, look which is the worst of uh, iteration of any Stephen King movie. That includes <laughs> Maximum Overdrive, which he Stephen King himself directed on a coke fueled binge. Uh, look, God. I know, I know, Langoliers is bad. Do I own it? Yes, because because <laughs> you had six dollars that day. <laughs> look, it was either eat or buy Langoliers, and so. This, <laughs> So the thing is, I know it's terrible, but the concept and the general plot is phenomenal. But it's executed like, you know, me trying to do my job every week. I can't believe I'm not fired yet. It is wild. But it's 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 not that great. But no, Child's Play, I mean, I, I want to shit on him for the work he's done that was poor. But Child's Play set forth this entire franchise. I mean, Chucky wouldn't be what he is without Tom Holland. That he? is true. That is true. And I thought, I, I think, that, I think it's a great. I like Child's Play. Child's Play was one of the movies that was very scary to me as a child because I had a my a my buddy, and I did not have a my buddy <laughs> that was in my room after I saw what Child's Play was. It didn't That's, exist in my room anymore. Did you have a my monster too? I had, uh, yeah, I felt comfortable with my little. First of all, I you talking about my my little monster or my real monster? I forget what it was called. Whatever monster it was. Yeah, he, well, I had that one. I had the Ridge, and I also had the my football monster, which was the same monster but had a football helmet on. And I had <laughs> both of them. Um, and I it liked- is hilarious that Eric had a my buddy doll because if you actually know what Eric looks like as a person. Eric is a living my buddy doll. I used to tell Eric when I first met him, I was like, you look like a Campbell soup kid fucked a cabbage badge doll. Like <laughs> it, it it checks out. <laughs> these are these are accurate. I does, do. every, does everybody remember the original My Buddy commercial? My buddy, my buddy, my buddy my wherever buddy. he goes, I wanna go. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, it was great because uh 
in the commercial, it's like, we go and burn down buildings together. And we also poison old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and we also like to kick dogs. That's great. You know? Aww. Aww. I, wa- I have a song for Eric, too, because I was like, my Eric, my Eric, he puts up with my shit even when he's sick of it. <laughs> uh, the other movie that I will say that this movie really draws upon is a, is a Jimmy Stewart classic, 1954's Rear Window, which is the classic idea of a guy looking out the window that sees something who just... It's the classic story of like, you need to mind your business because if you don't mind your business, people are going to be up in your shit. And if you're looking in your neighbor's windows, trying to be a weird guy, and it doesn't matter if you're Jimmy Stewart, you think you have a wonderful life. If you're sitting there with a fucking cast on your leg, you're taking pictures of your neighbors and they happen to murder somebody, that's on you, pal. Okay. So stop trying to be the good guy hero. Okay. And just let shit ride. Uh, I was looking. I was looking through my rear window, and, and I and I noticed the guy was a vampire. And we're like, "Well, whatever." Lots of people are vampires. Oh, I mean, he's German. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we gotta kill him. Oh, shit. Uh, now this uh this movie was actually filmed on the Disney back lot, and and it I say that because it was uh it's worth mentioning that they used the same set that uh, they used to film the Burbs, another episode we've done earlier in this year later on. So uh, if it looks kind of like the shots look like it was filmed in the Burbs, it's because it was filmed before the Burbs was was filmed, but uh, well, same area and that. That was something Eric said to me before we actually hopped on camera is we had been talking about how it does kind of give you Burbs vibes, the idea that your neighbors are up to no good and you're suspicious of them. So that's perfect. Yes, very. And it also it also plays into the trope that if you think your neighbors are up to no good, it's true and you should report them to the police immediately, which puts us in a police state where we have everything that's going on right now. Just mind your business, okay? Unless, you know, you live next to like, what's his name, Castile, who had like people locked up in his basement the chances are that something bad is happening are less than something good but just you know keep an eye on your neighbors but if you're going to call the fucking cops you better you best be sure you better find evidence not be like this fucking cuck charlie who comes in he's like i saw titties through a window i think she's dead and then you did he finds nothing because they think you're an idiot right now so do like uh, do like Tom Hanks. Get some investigative research. Get in there. Find some things. Get into trouble. Have a have a giant fat guy that looks like Eric Woodworth climb up and cut electrical cords. <laughs> get electrocuted. Fall through a fucking shed. These are the things you have to do for the police to believe you in those kind of situations. Eric. Eventually, eventually, you will convince the cops that your neighbors are German. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this movie. Uh, you know, in Act One, uh, we hear over the airwaves introduce uh, Peter Vincent, who's played by Mr. Roddy McDowell, who's uh, clearly uh, Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. The movie was actually written originally for the role of Vincent Price, but Vincent Price was way too fucking old to be an over-the-hill actor because he was about to die. So Roddy yeah. McDowell was like, I could do it. I'm 57. Um, and by the way, by the way, one of your earlier jokes, which is one of my favorite, was when you said that 
you thought that Transylvania wasn't even a real country. They just made it up for movies. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That is true. That is I didn't dark even know upsetting. Tr- <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually very glad to see, you know, Roddy, Rowdy, Rowdy McDowell uh, take <laughs> On this, long on after this his wrestling call. days. Yeah, because like, look, you know, Peter, <laughs> Peter needs to be played by someone who 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 lives, laughs, loves. Again, get yourself a koozie. Uh, <laughs> They're free. You have to find me and come to my shows, which I have a lot coming up on. Uh, yeah. Now uh, we get to meet Charlie and his mom and the new neighbor Jerry Dandridge, which, by the way. I'm going to just say it right now. Horrible vampire name. How can you be scared of a guy named Jerry? I've never met a bad Jerry in my life. You know, I I I don't like that. Played by Chris Randon. Charlie is the typical teen who's 28 in a movie uh, with too much time on his hands. And he starts poking his nose instead of getting some sweet poontang from his girlfriend, Amy, played by Amanda Pierce, which... No, oh. I'm sorry. Go, go, go. No, 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 no. I just meant, and I think maybe you and I might be on the same page here. I know you're right. Like every time you have adults playing teenagers in movies, it's obvious. But I will say, am I the only one who is uncomfortable with like his baby face and her dressed like a toddler? Like they're yeah. supposed to be teenagers. Ugh. But there was this uncomfortable, like, I'm just a baby. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> At all. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I, I, that's that that's that moment in the movie, it's like she's just on the edge of becoming lesbian. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. So uh we also get to meet his uh his best friend Evil Ed, who's not really his friend. He's like a friend that you shit on constantly, which I find fun. I have those friends. I have friends that I shit on all the time and they serve a great purpose in our lives. God bless the people that just take getting shit on all the time because like his name is Chris Restivo. No, Chris doesn't take it well. He really truly he doesn't take it well. My friend uh <laughs> shout outs Bobby, but shout out my friend Bobby. I've been friends with him since high school. Well, I'm in a fantasy football league with him. All we do is shit on him constantly. And he just takes it like a champ. And I don't understand. Some people are just built like that. And I don't. He, Evil Ed is that character in this movie. And uh, he's uh, beautifully acted by Stephen Jeffries in this. Uh, uh, Charlie does witness a, 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 the vampire murder a lady with perky ass tits, which uh, uh, this lady was actually, I don't have her name written down down here but she was the playmate of 1981 and did and did ask the staff to use uh ice on her nipples before she did her scene she so she she said and and there was some poor boy who had to go over there and ice this lady's nipples down before the shot she was hot as shit she deserves it ice those down baby like she is she's the type of woman tell me if i'm wrong she is the type of woman who is legitimately hot that you don't have to do much to her to make her look better, whether it's makeup or her outfit on the movie. She's the type of gal you dream about. Hell yeah. Very much. You know what? I'll, uh, 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 you know, I saw a very similar woman uh, like that at the uh, Mahoning Drive-In, although she was much older uh, now. But uh, the... Uh, um, God, what the fuck is her name from Return of the Living Dead? Linnea Quigley was there. Hey, Linnea Quigley was that was that chick. And then, uh, much like uh, Ash from Evil Dead said, "Lady, you got real ugly." Um, and oh, Eric. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, she's a sweetheart. She's always been very kind to me every time I've met her. But uh, listen, you can't be beautiful forever like an Eric Woodworth. I get that. Like you're eventually you're going to have to get old. And uh, one day I'll wake up and I will look like fucking Dan Crabb and Jeremy Woodworth combined. I know <laughs> that that's my future. And that's how that's how life works. Yeah, Eric, I would love I would love for you to publish like your beauty secrets as to how you keep that soft, supple skin looking so great. And they're like, my nightly feedings are either mayo or peanut butter out of the jar. Mayo keeps you young. Slather I get on the fucking police scanner. I'm like, send more mayonnaise and then fucking hang it up. Um... I, I really I was really into Stephen Jeffries because he was probably in four pretty big movies for me in the eighties. Okay, starting with the uh, the Catholic make fun of movie called uh, Heaven Help Us in eighty five, where he was so into the uh, the giving of the wafer that whenever <laughs> <laughs> the priest put it on the girl's tongue, he, he actually uh, passed out. Because they they were so hot with their tongues out and everything, <laughs> um, and of course, Fright Night was a big movie for him. But also in Close Range with uh, Christopher Walken and Sean Penn, oh. he plays one of the buddies that gets killed. That was a damn good role right there. And of course, Fright Night gave him the uh, the, the the lead in the movie Nine Seven Six Evil, named after probably Evil himself as the character. Oh. And, and then, of course, um, um, his are his roles through the '90s as Sam Ritter, which are all gay porn. Okay, so. very good, very good. Um, <laughs> so. In Act One, we also get to meet uh, actor Jonathan Stark. Uh, I didn't, I didn't watch all those films he did in the '90s, though. <laughs> <laughs> we also get to meet actor Jonathan Stark in the first act who plays Billy Cole. Billy Cole is like the companion to um, uh, sweet Chris Sarandon's Jerry Dandridge in this movie. And it's not really sure. Um, we'll get into it later about what he is. He's not quite a vampire. He's not that. Some people have theorized he is a golem, uh, a, a, a mythical creature from Dungeons and Dragons that uh, is a uh, imprisoned to soul uh, within a uh, meat sack body. Um, can, can I mention some of his 90s films? Yes, please. Go go at it. Get on it. Um, <clears throat> Leather After Midnight. <laughs> um, <laughs> Latin Crotch Rockets. Um, just 18 and Gay. Oh, that actually, um, that is like the Forrest Gump of gay films, actually. Hunk, hunk Hotel. <laughs> Uncut Glory. Uh, um, uncut le- Glory. <laughs> um, Leather Virgin. He plays the pizza delivery guy. Mm. I love um, a, a, I love a blue collar cor- man. And of course, there's the series Leather Intrusion Case Four. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, Leather Virgin. Uh, leather Virgin. We actually had a copyright issue with that one because I was in a film also called Leather Virgin. It was less exciting, though, because the leather was so sticky that I couldn't undo my pants. So I just never got penetrated. Um, I'm going to end. I'm going to end with these two. One is transsexual prostitutes. One and two. 
I like, hey, they say not all sequels are better, but Transsexual Prostitutes 2, much better than the original. Is that all a part of the Fright Night universe? <laughs> and, and, and 1997's Buff and Gay. So. Oh. All right. <sighs> Gosh. Shout outs, shout out Stephen Jeffries for fucking being, be, you know, being part oh. of the community, and we appreciate that more than anything. Oh my um, gosh! Later that day, uh, uh, of course, uh, Charlie goes and calls the cops on his neighbor, uh, and the cops come there, and uh, he's like, well, "You got to check the coffin in the basement." And he's like, "The coffin? What is he? A vampire?" And he's like, "Yes, of course he is." He's like, "Shut up, you fucking idiot!" And just. <laughs> And just says, tells he really him to tried to off. hold back. Yeah, he's like, I, I wanted you to just realize that this is the house from the movie The Burbs, and you need to go check the basement <laughs> because that's where shit happens down here. So, uh, <sighs> so the police aren't going to help, which is also a uh, this is a classic trope on um, Tom Holland movies because very much so uh, this happens again in Child's Play where somebody witnesses something, a killer doll, and nobody will believe him. Same thing here sees a vampire nobody believes him and this is what happens so um, eric um you're not wrong but we actually like there's actually a name for it um the trope is actually called being a woman <laughs> oh. what do you mean our, what do you mean our kid tried to kill you today he's just only five years old no, what, what do you mean he tried to try, tried to be inappropriate with you? He said he just wanted to write comedy. That makes sense, Ash. <laughs> yeah, you dumb bitch. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So um, uh, later that night, though, Jerry goes and plays Char- pays Charlie a visit and breaks his mom's door so he can't get up, and we get to see all the vampy glory of uh of uh chris sarandon who uh actually had to get into makeup for like eight hours every day and he got so good at doing it that he would just start helping he's like i'll work on the fingers if you work on the face and stuff like that so uh chris sarandon (laughs) became a bit of a makeup artist just doing this and he also mentioned like he has these weird long fingers in the movie that he said (laughs) it was very hard to pee in the outfit and i did i did have the visual of just like chris sarandon trying to use two giant long fingers to like hold his dick out and like just pissing uh, all over his fucking makeup up <laughs> hands and shit <laughs> I, I, assu- I assumed it was how he wiped his ass with fingers like <laughs> well what you do is you paper up this and you just start shoving it up like a pipe cleaner to get it cleaned out uh, <laughs> god that's horrible no that is so funny you bring that up and I'm glad you did because throughout the movie right there's obviously emphasis that kind of like give away what's up with him because you'll see him the way he touches people the way he reaches for the mm-hmm. window you see the long fingernails and every time he's seducing a woman the only thought is i was like ah god she's gonna get fingered with those number two pencils ah. <laughs> he's just got a whole fucking handful of crayolas coming off of him ah, the big ones. she's got a tuscarora up there like that's <laughs> Well, it wasn't time of her month, but after him, it was definitely the time of her month, so. Oh, God. <laughs> actually, that's an amazing way to kind of, actually, Jeremy, that's brilliant. That's an amazing way to drain a victim without anybody knowing. You essentially, like, poke, <laughs> you poke 
poke her uterus like it's a bag and then just slowly let it trickle out and that's how you drain her that's brilliant oh, fuck but i do like i i do like the, and that's how babies are made <laughs> i do love the vampire aesthetic in this movie because we i i don't think we really got to ever see a vampire like this up until this point where they look like these weird disfigured faced like dog creatures which is kind of the the look that they gave uh chris sarandon in this where like the giant prosthetics i also feel like this movie really uh and and i'll probably bring this up again uh inspired another one of our favorite films that we've done here before which is from dust till dawn but the aesthetic that is established here i think is the aesthetic for all the vampires and from dust till dawn right here um i would i would agree with that but i mean i guess maybe what I also agree with you, though, on is there is a huge difference. So, like, you have Salem's Lot, which predates this movie, but it's very much more of the Nosferatu variety. Mm. So it's kind of like you're either super fucking ugly and terrifying, you're a true monster, or... You're sexy-ass Gary Oldman. Well, Those are the only two. <laughs> well, no, but, but right, that you're, like, really either super fucking hot and all that's going on is the fangs, mm. or you're super ugly. This did kind of blur the lines of, like, sexual seduction and still kind of looking human and yet revealing, like, a darker, uglier version. So, no, I, I get that. That's cool. I agree. They'll, ne- they'll never make a vampire movie starring Jim Belushi. <laughs> you know, like... I'm the dumpy vampire. I never get girls. Except for Leah Remini because she's paid. I like the idea of the vampire who, even with his powers, he's still an incel. Like, he can't fuck. I still, oh my God, could you imagine he's 2,000 years old and he's like, I still live at home in my mom's basement. I have I have impaled 1,400 men, but I've never impaled a woman with my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people know that uh, Vlad the Impaler was actually Norman Mailer. So. <laughs> yes, I like it. It's a, uh, uh, it's actually it, incel, um, incel Dracula is actually Vlad the Inhaler, and uh, that's he just he he's like. <laughs> And he talks. About, he talks about how all women never appreciate the things he does and stuff like that. I would love it if they used the internet like we do nowadays, and they're like looking for chicks, and they're and they're like, "Stop negging me." He's like, "Come back here, and let me drain you, you fat slut." <laughs> oh, oh, what you let fucking Dracula Peter Dinklage suck your blood, but not me, a full grown man who bought you McDonald's dinner, <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> Gosh, I just I just hate naggers. Oh gosh, man, they're the worst. <laughs> Once you nag, I got you. I got you there. So, uh, Chuck- and edit out at this point. No, I I think that stays. People you need self to know edited. You're, you're people, fine. People need to know you're a monster. So, um, as we go forward. <laughs> <laughs> act two, act two. Uh, Charlie finally goes to reach out to his hero, Peter Vincent, the 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 host of the show Fright Night, uh, the only vampire slayer he knows, and he he basically dismisses him. He says, "Madmen with ski masks, happening up virgins. People have forgotten about vampires and blah blah blah." And uh, which is uh, it's an interesting that he says that because obviously that's a shout out to the Friday the Thirteenth series, which is uh, you know now getting it already had three sequels deep into the 80s by the time we hit 85 um i think that's a it's fun but also ties to a future scene we're about to get to where um 
we finally, uh, I'll mention, you know what, I'll save that as, until we get to the story. Now, meanwhile, um, Charlie has gone nuts, and uh, his room is now covered with gar- uh, with garlic and wooden steaks. Uh, Amy and Ed decide to go reach out to Peter Vincent to ease Charlie's fears. They say, hey, let's go meet this vampire, big air quotes, next door. Prove that he's not a vampire. Give him some holy water, big air quotes, to prove he's not a vampire and ease his fears. So they end up going there uh, to his house, and it, it is cool that if you're watching very closely, in the background of Roddy McDowell's uh, house, Peter Vincent, he actually brought one of the original Planet of the Apes um, prosthetics that he wore. And so one of the things up on the wall is a thing from Planet of the Apes that uh, he wore uh, for the movies, which is a kind of huh. cool little callback right there. Does, um, any, does anybody uh, know of an actual movie uh, with the quotes vampire killers in it? Um, Vampires 2000 with uh, the by the great John Carpenter? It goes back to the 60s, and I, I think it was actually directed by Roman Polanski, and of course the star of the film with Roman Polanski is of course the lovely Sharon Tate who became his wife. Oh, RIP Sharon Tate. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, as he's kind of mentioning that there's only one vampire killers movie and it was kind of a comedy and and I don't know how big it was for the time, but, uh, it, it, of course, Roman Polanski not allowed to come back to America. So, you know, Mm. Hey, Hey, welcome to the Dakota. So, uh, they uh, end up going to uh, the uh, uh, Jerry's house, and uh, the bumbling idiot uh, Peter Vincent uh, eventually gives him the holy water. He drinks the holy water. He says, "Look, I'm fucking fine," and uh, um, knowing that it's not actually blessed. But as he walks out, uh, Peter Vincent notices that he opens his little uh, his little mirror because he has to check his makeup all the time, uh, and notices that he can't see his reflection. Ooh, meaning he is really a vampire. He drops the thing, breaks it. Now, the inside of uh, of uh, Jerry's house is pretty interesting because he collects a ton of clocks. And this is not the only movie with a person that collects a shit ton of clocks that came out in 1985. Because, of course, that would be Jeremy? Um, The Frighteners. God damn it, I hate you. No, that would be... <laughs> That would be Back to the Future uh, and Doctor I got clocks everywhere because I'm going through time. Well, you know what I almost guessed, but when you gave the date, I was like, never mind. I was gonna say Hook with Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm actually Hook, and I'm, uh, I, I, I'm afraid of alligators. And um, I will kill that Peter Pan. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's kill. very bad. Very bad. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely bad. Hey, I'm a, I'm autistic hook. And uh, I can also, I can count all the alligators in the water just by the bubbles. There was 87 <laughs> bubbles. That means there's two alligators right out there. Yeah, definitely, hey, definitely. Peter Pan, I'm walking here. <laughs> Autistic hook is probably my new favorite. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That many people are in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. He's 47 years old. He's going to hang himself when he hits 62. Definitely, definitely. I can see it. Um, (laughs) When, when, When can we do Midnight Cowboy? Not on this episode. Can I say that? Damn it. 
so uh, after that, um, obviously, uh, Peter Vincent is scared and he knows what's going on. Uh, but he uh, Ed ends up getting turned after that uh, in, in an alleyway and immediately becomes one of Jerry's vampires. He uh, he goes to. Um, Peter, or I'm sorry, Ed then goes to go scare Peter Vincent at his home, and uh, he actually puts a cross on his head and burns like a little upside down cross on his head, which is pretty metal. I like that. It's a very, it's a very fun scene. Jerry, I'd say it's kind of kind of sideways, almost like a swastika. Kind of a little. There's a little Nazism there. I could see that. And uh, Jerry then uh, sees Amy at the club where they've uh, run to as he's stalking them down the street and uh, fascinates her. And uh, now she is basically uh, just too sexually turned on uh, by by Chris Sarandon that she can't she can't resist him. I gotta say, like, oh, it's bad enough you're a vampire, but you're also kind of a pedophile. Gross. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when you get to be, like, 500 years old, it's, like, 15, 21, who cares? Uh, I get it. You're like, man, I'm already killing people. Do I really care if they're underage? (laughs) I I just love your big boy pants. I like it. If you go back to his house, you're just like, (laughs) actually, I heard Beethoven live, and uh, it's way better than these ones. (laughs) His vinyl collection. He's like this. These are hacks. Uh, your your short hair looks so androgynous. It's getting me hot. <laughs> so uh, now it is important to mention while they're at this little club trying to evade him, uh, she gets fascinated in the longest dance sequence ever, which is just it's very weird to watch. But uh, these two bouncers come up to try to stop him and. Uh, the uh, one of the bouncers, the first one that he roughs up and like slashes his neck, is actually one of the bikers from Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. He's yes. the uh, he's the one that guy that he slashes. He's like, "Sorry, pal, you're gonna have to do something else." And he slashes his neck like that. Three D. Yeah. yeah, that's the same. Oh. That's the same biker who gets killed in are, Friday are, the Thirteenth Part Three. Are you gonna Are you gonna say which other movie this uh, bar was featured in? Yes, that would be Body Double by uh, Brian De Palma during the Frankie Goes to Hollywood scene. Correct. Relax. Don't do it. When you're going to go through it. Starring Craig Wasson. So yeah, that uh, that was also featured in the movie Body Double. Um, but that's... Ashley, have you seen Body Double or a Frankie Goes to Hollywood video? Uh I have not. Uh, again, just as a reminder, I I am under thirty as of this year. Still, it so. is it is my top five Brian De Palma movie. Even though it's not very well made, it is a great story. Um, and Craig Watson, the all, the the worst hero of any movie. So, well, <laughs> yeah, he looks like he looks like Wish's version of Bill Maher. Uh, <laughs> like he's not a good hero to follow, but it does have the coolest drill death scene in any film. I will say that it, there is a there is a giant drill death scene in there that is uh, 
chef's kiss good and also if you watch all of brian de palma's films you will understand uh that quentin tarantino isn't that good that he just copies <laughs> every I'm, I'm not lying to you like he's a great script writer and i enjoy his dialogue but all of his movie shots and scenes mm-hmm. are stolen from brian de palma a hundred percent his favorite film of all time is blowout with uh, john travolta travolta another de palma these, classic all these titles are so funny to me because when you said body double i was like wait are you talking about how i used to be the stunt double for melissa mccarthy all those years <laughs> Hell yeah. So, uh, I believe it. Shortly after that, Ed goes and confronts Peter Vincent in what is probably the coolest death scene other than. Oh, wait, did you say Jennifer McCarthy or Melissa McCarthy? She said Melissa, not Jennifer. Oh, I meant Jennifer, sorry, because you're blonde. Je- I, th- I think you meant Jenny McCarthy too. Also. Yeah, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, I thought she's a Playboy model. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. It doesn't unhurt her feelings right now, but. <laughs> I mean, she looks kind of broken up. <laughs> Man, what a good, what a good cover! You're like, yeah, that makes sense, and then you're like, um, no, you are so pretty. You have a completely different body type. Wink, wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> you don't believe in vaccinations. Look, I look at all your Facebook pictures. You look great in them. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate that. Man. <laughs> I might need to move in next week. you have like a a cot or something jeremy i have a very nice rat free basement that you can oh shit what am i gonna eat (laughs) mayo or peanut butter take your pick well the rats eat peanut butter that's how i catch them I, I need meat. God, you are a trash person, and don't you ever change. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Evil Ed, who's now a full blown vampire, goes to uh, confront Peter Vincent in an epic scene where he turns into a wolf and then uh, stabs him through the heart as he throws him over a balcony in uh, a great. Finally, our our first great special effect in this movie is this death scene where mm-hmm. he slowly dies for like seven minutes during this. Uh, yes. It is it is a ridiculously long time. Like I think I'm, it's just him going, <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, he's a little bit less wolf, but he still looks like a wolf." And, he uh, looks like a TikTok I've seen from Doctor Pimple Popper. Yeah. Oh God, it's so gross. Now uh, you know, the thing that made me really I. I loved about the scene is how many uh dogs they actually had to stab through the heart for the scene (laughs) (laughs) i do i do like the little the first scene that like made me laugh is when he stabs the dog it goes over the balcony and then it's a shot that looks down at the dog who has this giant spike through him that's clearly a puppet and like kicking its legs like I don't know why, but I did. You're a real dog. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did laugh a lot at that part. But then he becomes like half human, half dog face guy with like all this goo dripping out of his mouth, which they said they had used uh, dental glue to make that effect. And it had run down into the mask and actually glued Stephen Jeffrey's mouth completely shut so that he couldn't make noises and it could only breathe through his mouth. So they almost killed Stephen Jeffries for this scene, which is pretty cool. More than more than that, I haven't laughed so hard since that scene from I Am Legend. Yeah, so. Yes, yes. 
Uh, I am evil incarnate. Dogs dying is funny. But this is, uh, I think this is the the third act is where they blew most of their budget. Their budget was $9 million and uh, and a majority of it went to the special effects for death scenes, which are only five death scenes in this movie. And three of them are fucking epic. And this is one of them. Uh, I did like this entire scene. Uh, In comparison, before this time, no vampire movie had had spent even a million dollars on special effects. So like eight million dollars or seven million dollars went to just the special effects for these kills. And I think that's probably the most endearing thing about this movie more than anything else is how absolutely gory the final kills of this movie are. Mm -hmm. And uh, Evil Ed is one of them. And I thought it was great overall. I love the fact that the, the the wolf looked like Evil Ed. Yeah, it had it, he had evil Ed vibes like that that he would star in transsexual porn movies later. Yeah. Like, I could see that portrayed through the character and the as transsexual prostitutes. Yes, so. it's weird that I didn't get a call. <laughs> so. Um, now we go into act three in the final act of this movie, which is uh, he, now uh, people have said that he in the book version that he shows up at two o'clock a.m. with Peter Vincent and Charlie uh, to go rescue sweet Amy from the clutches of Jerry Dandridge, which means that uh, throughout the course of this night, they're going to spend four hours there that take place in about eh, 30 minutes. Okay. So, um, he, uh, he ends up turning Amy into a vampire by biting her neck. And, uh, he, uh, he, Bites the sweet Amanda Bierce's neck, who was very terrified to be nude on camera, so she duct-taped her titties during this scene um, because she had to show her naked back. Um, but I guess later became uh, much more comfortable with the idea of it because uh, after she turns, she actually wore prosthetic titties uh, in the final scene where she's like a full vampire and you get to see her yeah. in the basement. Um, so much so that uh, I saw on IMDb that in a 2015 uh, horror convention, she openly let fans just touch her breasts uh, while they while she signed uh, signed autographs. So, wow. uh, shout out to Amanda Bierce uh, for letting people touch her titties during an autograph signing. Shout outs to that. Um, you know what? Mrs. Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. I I do that at open mics. You know, a lot of those boys have never touched a real pair. Yeah. So I'm like, you come up and give them a feel. Come for the laughs, stay for the titty well worth my dollar. <laughs> so, so. Hey, that dollar helped me buy the Langoliers on DVD. It's not like I'm getting anything at home. <laughs> so, uh, uh. I think now it'd be a great song to, to, time to introduce a song towards her. Her, uh, having sex with the vampire. Okay, guy. so here's Jeremy's great song called uh, titled Amanda Beers. Here we are. Yeah. 
Okay, there we go. Very. <laughs> Jeremy, you always add the extra Easter egg at the end of every one of your songs. Is that is that intentional or is that officially a signature now? Um, you got to be funny however you can, and I don't mean just funny, haha. So. <laughs> Okay, so. Uh, so Chris Chris Rosino was interested in acting again. I was like, well, you can have the same role, but now that the role that you had that you wanted but you weren't interested, it's gay now. And what did so. he say? Was he into it? <laughs> Is no. he on board now? Oh. No, I was just telling him something you'd have to do with a dude, so he wasn't interested. So, <laughs> so uh. I made it gay just for him. So uh, now she is a vampire slowly turning out through the night, but, you know, all the other rules about vampires seem to work, which means if you kill the head vampire, maybe Amy is going to be okay by daylight. So they're on the hunt to take him out, but first they come face-to-face with uh, Jerry's familiar, who is not a nice person, and that's Billy Cole, played by Jonathan Stark, in a scene on the stairs that can only be described as uh, he's not a vampire because he gets shot, uh, he's not affected by crosses. He gets shot in the head, but keeps coming at him. And uh, eventually, uh, God, they what did they just unload a whole pack of bullets on him? And he finally melts into like some weird body melt scene. I don't know. They, I they, love it. They, they finally have to stake him. Oh, yeah. And they do have to stake him with the white uh, stake. There you go. I got to say, that was probably my favorite Britney Spears song. Hashtag free Britney. Um, it's like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not yet a vampire, but no longer human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That one was for me. <laughs> hey, every time, like, I'm all for the free Britney thing, but then I see her actually talk as a regular person. And I'm like, I don't know if we should. <laughs> She is crazy. Did you see what she put out the other day? And I was just like, I don't know if she's good. She needs somebody watching after her. I don't know if somebody this crazy should really should have money. I, I, God, it's it. I'm, I'm scared for Brittany and not that she should be under the control of her father. I think that's bad, but God, somebody, she, she needs a caretaker bad. Sure. She probably does, but you know, don't, don't say crazy people don't like, shouldn't have control of money. Like, look, Steven Seagal has money, right? He's allowed, he's free. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. No, like, I, wants, you're right. You're if right. She, if she wants to buy 30 pairs of faux fur thongs, let her. I just, I see, I see some of the behavior and I'm like, I don't know if we're making the right decision here. I want her I'm, to be free. I want her to be free. But I'm God upset because scares Eric me. is using this for the basis to take control of my money because he knows <laughs> I have money trouble. And he's like, look, we need to have a talk because you bought multiple copies of the Langoliers. So <laughs> exhibit a, first of all, your honor, I'd like to approach the bench. I'd like to show two Walmart receipt copies of the Langoliers as well as, as well as the but- was walmart one was amazon don't be a dick about it also i'd like to show exhibit a all of the air bud films that she purchased in that single day not the original only two through the puppy versions Uh, oops i did it again was written about you hitting yourself with a hammer i i am also a britney um uh advocate and the the with her dad taking care of her 
and the uh, pawn shop where she's kept. I think <laughs> she should be let out of the box at least five hours of the day when the uh, the two um, southern gentlemen rape somebody so that okay. she can get air. Jeremy, you always and... have to take it back to the darkest place possible, which is why you can't go back on the Rob and Joe show, which is why we also don't have another choice but to bring you back. But... Uh... <laughs> I'm just trying to care about people. I was thinking earlier because we talked about how this actor, uh, Mr. McDowell, was in Planet of the Apes. And it came to me that you two are also both great actors. And uh, if you each got to star in your own movie, Eric's would be Planet of the Vapes and Jeremy would be Planet (laughs) of the Rapes. Planet of the Vapes and Return of the Planet of the Rapes. <laughs> All right, I got it. All right, I like, you know, we've come full circle. And uh, first of all, we want to say we're a consenting podcast. Uh, more First and foremost, more than anything. Um, Consent is very important with children. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jeremy demonstrates what it's like to be a predator, and Eric is the doll where you point out where you've been touched. Yes, I am. I, and it, it, they're all the bad play. There's a lot of red lights going off during that. <laughs> um, so uh, the final scene after that guy melts, uh, which is pretty fucking epic. I love, I love that scene. Is uh, them trying to. Uh, chase down Jerry uh, where they steal a lot of shots from uh, at least the highlights I've seen of Salem's lot where it's just him on the windows it's lots of fog it's him floating around and uh, they finally uh, he goes into uh, they end up stabbing him in the heart but then he turns into this bat form and the bat form goes to attack uh, sweet uh, Peter Vincent and uh, actually during the scene they end up uh, crushing the head of the bat so bad that uh, they had to rebuild it for two days and then couldn't do close-ups of it anymore. They were like, "We can't, we can't do it. You, you fucked up the bat too bad." And, That's uh, crazy. Well, you know what, Eric? Sorry, uh, and I know I'm holding this up. We gotta wrap no, go, this up. Go, go. But I gotta tell you though, you talking about the bat just now made me realize what else these special effects actually reminded me of. Specifically, the bat. Did anybody else immediately when they saw the face? Did anybody else immediately think of the dog creatures from Ghostbusters? Uh, I did, as a matter of fact. Do you want to know? Yeah. Do you want to know how much it reminded you of the Ghostbusters thing? Is because the uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because the final scene where Chris dies, uh, the special effects team that uh, if you remember the opening scene of Ghostbusters where the librarian turns into like that really creepy thing, well, yes, it was it was deemed too scary to show that as a ghost the entire time, which is why you only saw it for a second, and it does kind of look like uh, the gatekeeper and the keymaster. It's the yeah. exact same prosthetic that they used from really? Ghostbusters in this movie. Um, because the special effects team was like, oh, it's too scary. Oh, we're doing a movie called Fright Night. Oh, we're going to use it the whole fucking time for that. So that if you notice that it does look like that, That's it's because awesome. it does. Uh, it is, the, cool. in fact, the exact same prosthetic that they used for that. Um, and uh, they finally lure the bat down uh, as the sun's starting to come out. Uh, they break a window, so it's forced to flee into the basement. Uh, there, uh, Charlie and Peter Vincent are confronted by... 
by uh, the very burned up version of uh, of Jerry, who has locked himself in a coffin, as well as Amy, who's now made her way down there with huge prosthetic titties and red hair for some reason. Doesn't make sense, mm. but uh, you know what? Hey, we're in a movie world, and we're just going to accept that this happens. Uh, they end raggedy up making Ann or Raggedy Andy. They end up giving uh, a- uh, Amanda Bierce uh, this crazy face uh, prosthetic that was thrown together that day, which actually ended up being on the cover poster and the most iconic thing, which was their cheapest effect. And I love when cheap effects end up being like the main thing. Like I'm a I'm a sucker for cheap effects, and I'm like, oh, I know how they did that, but that still looks really <laughs> fucking awesome. And how this Eric happens got to me on the show. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was actually just one of those things that you you can also chew up as gum. Yes, but uh, the movie ends very similarly to uh, a movie that we've done before, which completely ripped off of this idea, which is from Dust Till Dawn, where uh, they're in the basement and they just start breaking windows to let the uh, light in, which this is the most well-lit basement I've ever seen in my life. Like, there's, I, I'm renovating a basement right now. You guys have known oh, this. Oh, oh. We've been going over this for weeks on end. I have oh. three windows. This place is... Is, uh, was built with an open room thing. Uh, I don't understand it. How much light can be let in from the outside? But apparently, tons. Uh, uh, a lot of people compare this to scene at the end of uh, Silence of the Lambs, where she has to open all the windows to kill Buffalo Bill. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, ultimately, uh, they're able to let in enough light that it uh, uh, explodes Chris Sarandon's character as he's this giant vampire bat-looking thing, which is the same prosthetic that they use from Ghostbusters, the original. And uh, it, it just explodes, which is almost the exact same ending, too, from Dust Till Dawn. I mean, they, they're in a place, they start shooting out the windows, and that's the thing that ends it. So uh, very good callback. Um uh, as they as he explodes, but also another fucking awesomely epic death scene in this movie. I mean, they're the the these last three were so fucking good that uh, it really saved the movie for me. Ultimately, um, they said they, they they edited out the end of uh, Silence of the Lambs when the light finally falls on Buffalo Bill, and he says, "I uh, now I'm back to a man again." <laughs> Uh, so they they're able to leave and uh amy is back to her regular human self and uh finally charlie is going to get laid as they're watching the sweet peter vincent's fright night who's who's somehow been revived on local tv even though his show was about to get canceled they were like we heard that vampires are real you get a show again and uh we heard you committed murder our ratings are gonna go up (laughs) yes exactly the hollywood way uh and uh, it ends with Charlie maybe seeing some red lights next door that look like beady red eyes, but he's just like, never mind. I'm just going to get pussy. And that is the end of 1985's Fright Night, a great film in and of itself. I uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. What are your final thoughts on Fright Night, Miss Ashley Pontius? Uh, I think it's a great movie. I actually, I know this might be blasphemy to some, I actually love the remake and I don't usually say that but I thought the remake um, with uh, Anton Yelkin may he rest in peace was phenomenal and it's a great movie and I've never 
seen the sequel. Apparently, there's a part two that I've never seen. Interesting. So. Come on, come on. Will Ferrell sucked in that. <laughs> Jeremy, your final thoughts on Fright Night? Um, uh, great movie. I hate to say. I probably hate it now more than ever because uh, Amanda Beers reminded me of my real girlfriend at the time, and uh, I, uh, I'm very happy to have met uh, uh, Chris Sarandon. But I think Stephen Jeffries is coming to a show very soon, so excellent. Known as Sam Ritter. All right. Um, my final thoughts on on Fright Night. Uh, I think it's a it's a great movie and a, and a must watch for anybody who's a horror fan and uh for those of you who've already watched it you guys know that i will say watching it out of its time and, and seeing the things i've seen i think the movie is about 20 minutes too long that probably could have been edited out uh it's a bit of a long movie i'm very much a stickler i'm like if you can't tell a horror movie in 90 minutes it needs to just have a sequel uh there's no need for it you gotta you gotta be scary for 90 minutes act one is far too long establishing the characters i think they could be established quicker what is the mom's functionality in the entire movie i don't know i don't think she's fucking necessary she doesn't need to be in the movie she does really shitty comic relief but overall uh it has a great vibe and i think it fits in perfectly to the 1985 uh time frame of when this movie came out uh you know and rightfully so also has wonderful gay overtones much like the other biggest movie of that year uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. So, uh, overall, great film, a must-watch for anybody. Uh, Miss Ashley Pontius, where can people find you at, love? Um, you mean Freddy's rear end. Um, but <laughs> you can find me... <laughs> You can find me on social media at Ashley Pontius Laughs, and you can catch me this coming Friday, July 30th at the Lou Room at Zissimo's Bar in Baltimore. I'll be doing a 7.30 and a 9, and you can catch me July 31st in Williamsport, PA for the Masked Off Comedy Show. Yeah, so check all that shit out, and don't forget about Ashley's merch store. Ashley's merch store, I'm sure there's links on the website. Go buy some dope-ass merch, get that shit while you still can. Um... You can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. And boy, do I have a slew of shows coming up. If you're in the Columbia, Maryland area, you can see me this Wednesday night at uh, uh, the Periodic Table. And I, I'm featuring for the uh, the great Andy Klein uh, and host Todd Fleming. Plus, I got a whole bunch of murder mysteries. I got one uh, at the Winchester Theater in uh, the beautiful Bright Box. Come and check that shit out. Uh, I'm at Magoobies the following week. But uh, you know what? Just hop on there. Check all that shit out. EricComedy.com. Jeremy, take us out of here. Oh, you're too cool, Brewster! <laughs> <laughs>